Welcome one. Welcome all to my podcast, focusing on your favorite sports and your favorite athletes on their Olympic journey. This is the road to Tokyo. This is 2020 Vision. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of 2020 Vision. This episode is jam-packed with amazing athletic talent. On this episode, we have three track stars from different walks of life. So let's get into it. My first athlete is John Gaikas, who is a runner with a high school track and field history. We joined him after he witnessed his NBA team win their first championship. So you can hear the excitement as he talks about that and his success on the track. Introducing John Gaikas. So, mate, tell us about yourself. Uh, you're an athlete. What's your event? Uh, I'm a 100-meter, 200-meter sprinter. Beautiful. And when did you start in the athletics world? What made you want to become an athlete? Uh, well, I was kind of encouraged to do it when I was at school because I wasn't too bad at uh, They played me on the wing when I played footy at school. You know, I, I wasn't too slow there on the wing. So that was, um, the school kings wanted me, encouraged me to pursue athletics. And it was kind of something I did in the background because I played heaps of footy and heaps of soccer during school and then you know i'd say probably about three and a half years ago i made the decision to take up athletics full time and that that was, that was how it all started and that was how my journey in athletics started beautiful and you said you uh, played football there do you have a team that you support yeah oh gunners all the way all right so you your football you were talking soccer there okay all right i was thinking oh, yeah but... oh, oh well I, I do watch you know the nrl yeah, no, that's okay. I'm, so, a, I'm, a, I'm a Tigers fan in the, in the, in the NRL, but you know, that's I've okay. too well recently. <laughs> no, that's all right, mate. I only ask that is because when you think of other teams and you think of like high professionals, you obviously base what you do in sporting on them. Is there anyone that you look up to? So you're saying the Gunners. Is there anyone on the Gunners that you look up to? Um, not so much the Gunners, but you know, if you want to, if you, the best example I can give you is Kawhi Leonard. In oh, basketball, because yeah. I'm yeah, because uh, you know, as we spoke about, you know, before this interview, um, I'm a huge Raptor supporter. So uh, you know, the 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 presence that Kawhi Leonard has has on his team and has on the game of basketball has been not a tremendous not only this season, but you know, for his entire career. And you know, to him, for him being a part of the team that I support, and you know, watching you know the Raptors play all you know every single game and seeing his how he conducts himself on and off the court is like an in, inspiration to me because he's super humble and, but you know, he kicks butt on the court and yeah, that's something, that's something that I look, I look up to, you know, like, you know, kick to myself and, you know, do everything I can, but, you know, go out there and perform and have fun and enjoy the moment as well. And in regards to performance, do you mind telling us what you've achieved um, whilst running? Uh, so you said the 100 and the 200. Um, have any yeah. achievements come, uh, come out of what you've done so far? Um, I, uh, apart from like, you know, the, the records and, you know, the, the wins at GPS athletics and all that, I've, I've ran the nationals before I've, I've, I've won a hundred at a nationals. Um, and honestly, that's, that's, that's honestly about it. Apart from a few, you know, half decent races, that's, that's, that's honestly been about like most, I guess I'd say probably about until the start of 2018, I was running primarily for for kings for school that was all i trained for yeah and to be and to be honest at the end of the day it was, it was all worth it to compete in front of 20,000 15,000 people and you know you, you, those experiences make you learn a lot about yourself and you know at the time i picked up athletics you know, i all i wanted to do was to get something out of the experience and 
I, I, got, I learned a lot out of that and, you know, I look back at it and learn more about those experiences, you know, having those experiences in mind. So, yeah, that, that that's in regards to achievements. I, I get, that's, that, that's all I've done. You, you, can, you can go to the... I'm, I'm sure if you go online, you can see all the specifics and stuff, but I'm, I'm not really one to... To, to discuss that or talk about that heaps. To me, it's it's more of a yeah. it's more of a personal you know feeling and enjoyment thing and you know, that's right. enjoying you know the moment that you give it and you know if you get a win you know it's, that's a win but you know you're always learning and you're always progressing and that's what it's all about. You seem like one of those guys that doesn't go really out on the track for a win as such, but for a person just to beat that PB and keep on succeeding and uh, yeah, I yeah, like well, that. Not mate. E- yeah, well, not even not even to beat like a PB. Like I just go out yeah. and have a good time and have fun. You know, yeah, it's fun winning and fun getting a PB. You know, of course it mm. is. But to go out there and have a good... Because, you, you know, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then why are you doing it at all? Exactly. So what um, what does your training involve when you go out uh, and practice for what you do on the track? A lot of running. <laughs> yeah. No, that's understood. A lot of running. But, um, but, 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 but yeah, like, especially, like, at, at the moment, like, I'm doing a lot of 400-ish training, like, not... But, you know, nothing but like 500 and all that, but a lot of like 300, you know, to 250 work and all that just, you know, because uh, I've always, especially from a young age, mm-hmm. that was the type of training that we always did at school because, you know, it puts like longevity in your legs. Like, it, you know, yeah, you can get, you know, only go so fast, but like, especially in the GPS season where, you know, it go, it's, it's, you know, you've got like a six week bracket and you're performing every single weekend, like you constantly need to back up and you constantly need to perform rather than, you know, with the Australian athletic system where, you know, you might not run for two weeks and you give yourself, like, two, three-week breaks in between. Yeah. And at Kings, you're running, like, you know, week after week after week for, you know, a two-month period. So having that, you know, longevity in my legs put me in a place so, like, I could perform it, at, you know, constantly at, like, a high level week after week after week after week. So doing that at the moment, you know, putting longevity into the legs and just, just putting the work and putting the hard yards in. I love it, mate. So... Um, how old, may I ask how old you are? Yeah, uh, 19. 19. So, um, one thing that's very prominent in today's society with, like, young males is the mental health sort of side of things. How do you, um, go from running your race, say, if you don't get that win, I know you're not about that life, but, um, what do you do to kind of, you know, help yourself out mentally, um, in regards well, to the uh, calm down? Yeah, well, it's interesting you bring that, because I know, I know a lot of people, especially males who have especially people in my family who's mm. battled with, you know, tough mental health issues. And even with me, like, I had anxiety, and I was, like, really, really bad. It was terrible as a kid. Like, you know, I was, some days I couldn't go outside and, you know, I had to stay inside just because, like, you know, I was, I was so scared of... I was, I was, back then, I was scared of it because, like, I was a thinker. To be fair, I still am, but I was a thinker as a kid. I was always just thinking about something. I always had something on my mind. And whenever I, I thought would come into my head, it just scare the life out of me and you know I couldn't go outside I couldn't do anything and then you know when I started athletics like it's it's crazy because like yeah athletics isn't the entirety of John Gagas like you know athletics is obviously an aspect of my life but isn't the entirety but I wouldn't be where I am today without without athletics and what it taught me and the fact that it gave me the confidence to overcome that it's like yeah I don't get anxiety much anymore because it athletics really put everything into perspective for me and I guess when it comes to race season and you're going out there competing 
very often and the fact that it's just you and yeah and you know if you're running 100 you have 10 11 9 seconds to do your pace rather than being on the footy pitch or like playing at a basketball game and having 50 to an hour and a half to do your bit you know it it, it does put a lot of pressure on you but the, the good thing about you know the training at Kings that I did at Kings and running in front of heaps of people especially as a younger kid it kind of it doesn't it, it makes you do like it doesn't make you like not acknowledge the pressure it makes you appreciate it and embrace it and just use it harness the energy of the pressure and helps you in you know getting prepared and you know thinking to yourself right you know these are the stakes this is what I've got this is what I've got in front of me with my approach and then trying your best to execute and if you don't you know there's always going to be another day but you know as long as you have the game plan in mind and you're confident and you've done all the preparation preparation is a big thing as well being well prepared and you know eating the right food you know stretching the night before you know having a good warm-up they all play a very small role like you know one percent is that go towards being the hundred percent which is your ability to compete on the day so it's just, you know, getting all the little things right and, you know, staying in a routine and not doing too much different. And expecting the unexpected is another big thing as well. It's like, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen out there. Anything can happen. That's the beauty of our sport. Hmm. So, yeah, when, when you put all, all, in, all into perspective and you sit down and really think about, you know, what, what you're doing, like, it, you, you think to yourself, you know, you know, I could be in worse situations and there are situations I could be in. Like, there, there are real people out there, you know, who have very low socioeconomic status who are fighting every day, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, they're, they're the real, you know, they're the real athletes. They're the real people who are trying to, you know, make a living for themselves. You know, at the end of the day, we're just running the straight line for the best, you know. So that, that, that's that's what it's all about to me, at least. So I love that, mate. Well yeah. done. Would you ever um, go back to doing soccer? Well, sorry, football. I don't need, mean to offend you. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> um, maybe after athletics, sure. Yeah. I guess I, I wasn't like terrible at it, but I wasn't amazing at it. So, but like the thing is, is that like all my mates, they, they all they all play soccer and they have their own soccer team, and I go and support them. Yeah. You know, cheer cheer hard for them, but yeah, maybe after athletic, athletic athletics, I might I might play, but you know, who knows? That's a long way away. No, that's so, all right. I, I yeah. like how you touched on the fact like that you do have that team element when you go into the basketball and you go into the soccer and football. Um, yeah. And it, when it, when you're talking athletics, it does seem somewhat like a, a very solo effort. But do you yes. at, at your school? Um, what's the team? What's the team like? How are, how are they in regards to support? The way I saw it when I was at school, especially when I was one of the co-captains in my last year at Kings, it's like, when you go on the day, like, the people who are in your team, the people who are with you there on the track, you know, running with you on the day, you know, you kind of set the stage for them, which means you have to be on top of your game. And, yeah, it puts more pressure, but, you know, as I said before, the pressure makes you more more prepared. Well, at least it makes me more prepared. And you kind of learn that after running. You know, I, I, I ran GPS for five years, I think, and... And one year, I did, one year I actually didn't make it, and I remember being devastated that year. And I remember it was in year eight because I remember running in year seven and ran the relay year seven, and I did run in year eight, didn't get in, I wasn't good enough. Then I remember running in year nine, and then in year ten was when I 
ran my first Opens event and I remember experiencing it being like, oh, this is what it's like to, you know, be on top of your game and be one of the all-star athletes on the day. And because I knew what it took, I had that experience to be like, okay, this is how... This is how I got to act. This is how I got to present myself. This is how I got to step up and step up to the level that I should be. And you know, it's like the classic lead by example line where mm. everyone else in the team kind of because you're the captain and because they look up to you. Yeah. You lead by example and by what you do and how you conduct yourself. Everyone, everyone else will fall into line. And that was that was the the way that that it was in Kings. And I kind of saw myself. Yeah, this is this is a gross example. I kind of I kind of saw myself as like the LeBron James to the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know. So no, like, we don't, we don't talk about that sort of uh, person on my podcast, thanks, mate. <laughs> but it, 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 I had I felt like I had that level of responsibility. That, yeah. Like that, that's how that's how it felt on the day. So it was just all about, and especially like during the training sessions, uh, just constantly being on top of my game and always working hard and working smart. And everyone else kind of, you know, asking me for advice and hey, you giving the time to the younger kids. And, you know, a- a- again, it's all the one percenters that, you know, all come together and, you know, you, uh, you like the people, you know, the supporters only see the results on the GPS days at the Invitational Carnivals. But, you know, the amount of work that gets put in and the amount of hours and the amount of mental strength it all takes is incredible. And, Kings was amazing. Like, and, and, and again, it came down to the coach as well. Like having Nancy Addison and Ben Gavin there, and all and all the other coaches. You know, they really they have so much experience, so so much experience in what they do, and they certainly help you get across the line and hopefully lift up a trophy at the end of the day. Love it, mate. So, what's next for you in regards to uh, your your sport of choosing? So that hundred meter and two hundred. Are you sitting yourself in the Australian colours? Uh, you'd obviously hope to. That's, yeah. that, that's that's the goal to represent represent your country and represent you know your family, especially. So any chance I'd get to run the green and gold would be that would be an absolute honour, and I I would I would take it at the drop of a dime. Beautiful. So, what do, have mum and dad ever been involved in in athletics, or is it just yourself that's jumped on jumped on board? No, uh, my my parents weren't very sporty at all. My mum played you know some sport at school, but my dad you know is not a very sporty person. Like yeah, he watches the, the NRL and the Origin every now and then. But who's your go for? Know, who's your go for in the NRL? Is he a Tigers fan as well? Nah, he goes for Broncos for some reason. He's, he wasn't. He didn't even grow up in, in Queensland. Who, who, know, who knows what's gone through the, my father's mind, but... <laughs> That's all right. Well, I'm in, uh, yeah. I'm in Adelaide, so I've got no choice but to go for someone else. I'm a Melbourne Storm boy, so I jumped on the oh, bandwagon in 2007, and I've just been yeah. given championship after championship, so I'm happy. But yeah, it's, fair it's, enough. Can't complain. It's, it's cool how it, it all works out, and we, we can go full circle here. You are talking about Kawhi Leonard um, and the people that we look up to. Who did you, how did you actually go ahead uh, about sorry, um, supporting Raptors? Was it him? Um, or? I, no, it, it was... I started supporting them, I'd say, for about four or five years ago. Mm. And I remember first getting into basketball because some of my mates were into it. I, I didn't really know much about the sport at first. And I was at the stage where I'm like, you know, I'm going to look for a team to support. And, you know, I was watching all the teams play and I'd watch all the teams play, you know, for a couple of weeks. And you could tell that the way the Raptors conducted themselves and the fact that they're the only Canadian team and they mm. were the outsiders and they were the people that all that 
all, all the pundits and you know all the supporters look down upon because you know they're the Canadian team, they're not American, they're never going to win, they're never going to get to the finals. You know, they're always and that was at the time when they had you know DeRose and Lowry, Valanciunas. They mm. had they had a decent lineup and they were coming. They came fourth, fifth, sixth for a couple of years straight and. They were always like, that was a team that's like, yeah, they're good, but they'll never win a championship. And even, like, you know, coming into this season, that's what everyone was saying, but, you know, they, def- they defy the odds. And, you know, if that is a motivation, <laughs> if that isn't inspiring, I, mm. I, I don't know what is. But, but, so, but yeah, it's just the, yeah, just the way that they conduct themselves and, you know, how they're so humble, yet they go out on the floor and leave it all, leave it all out there. It's, it's inspiring. And so, that's why I was attracted to them. Mm, that's good, mate. For those that don't know, um, well, one, I'm a massive basketball fan myself, so I'm happy I found you, mate, to uh, chat to about it. Um, so Toronto Raptors, your team just won the championship, took it off of the uh, Golden State Warriors. Um, yeah. They were gone for the three-peat, the three in a row. Mate, can you relate the feeling that you felt over an hour ago when you see them win, when you see Kawhi Leonard uh, uh, jump up with joy? I watched it. I was even t- tearing up myself, and I'm a Clippers <laughs> fan. Um, but yeah, can you relate that to anything you've done on track? How how you feel or you felt in that moment? Oh, well, of course you can relate a little bit, but in the grand scheme of things, the way the NBA is looked upon in American sport and how it's one of the a part mm. of the apart from the NFL, it's one of the most it's like like the headline sport of America, and you look at the media and what everyone's saying and all the eyes that are on all the players mm. and. The, the discussion and what happens in the games and how like you know in I can't remember if it was the last game I think I think it might have been game four when like Carl Larry went to the seats and like you know one of the owners pushed and shoved him and you know there was a massive you know debate and the GPS doesn't have any of that no and yeah it has a lot of eyes on you yeah there's a lot of people on the day but it's playing in the NBA finals would uh, dwarf yeah GPS you know but yeah, you, of course you can. You could kind of relate, you know, to especially from where I come from, and I had to, you know, work my work my way up to to be where where I was on my last GPS day. You could kind of see, like, I kind of relate to the, to more the growth aspect and the fact that, you know, like look at Fred Van Fleet for example. Yes. Yeah. Six man of the Raptors. He he came into the league undrafted and you know six foot. Very, very small for an NBA player, especially by today's standards. But the Raptors believed in him and they didn't trade him. And he's been at, he's been at the team for four, five years, and he was the best player in Game Six, arguably today. And you know, seeing someone like that perform at such a high level and be doubted, and the other person who believed, who really, truly believed in him, was was him. To see a performance like that and to see him conduct himself the way he did of, you know, when they won the championship, like he wasn't the person who was cheering and going crazy. He was shaking the hands of all the other, the opposition and, you know, giving massive respect to, to all of them. Like, it's an inspiration and it, it just goes to show, you know, how how well the Raptors organisation and the team conduct themselves in addition to Fred Van Fleet and obviously Kawhi Leonard, so... And, and, and all the other, like Kyle Lowry as well, standing up there with his two kids. And, you know, the first thing Kyle Lowry did was when he won was run up to his two kids and hug them. Yeah. Because surely, the, like, his family know how hard he's worked other than the fans and his team and the coaches. So, 
to, to, to see that on display is something I relate more to rather than them holding up the trophy at the end of the day. I love it, mate. I love all you've said today. Um, let's hope that one day we get to see uh, the Kyle Lowry-esque celebration from yourself on national TV when you're wearing the green and gold. Because uh, from what I, I, I've inter- yeah, I've interviewed a few people, and your passion is, is up the top there. I reckon. Um, so let's uh, let's hope that we can see a lot from you in the future. Um, thank you very much for coming on my podcast, and you know what? You enjoy the rest of your day. Celebrate a bit more. And we'll chat Thank to you, you when you uh, when you're further down the track, and we'll hear you from you when you win your medals. Thank you very much. I appreciate the love, and I appreciate what you're doing as well. You're doing something special, and pe- more people deserve to should listen to this, and more people should support what you're doing because what you're doing is something really, really cool. And I, I I personally appreciate it, and I'm sure a lot of other people in the community will. Thank you very much, mate. You enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Goodbye. Bye. How exciting to hear from John, a very passionate and humble athlete. My next talk was with race walker Alice Randall. I joined her to talk about her amazing relationship with her coach and what it will take for success in the future. Introducing Alice Randall. Do you want to have a chat about your career so far? Yeah, um, so currently I am a multinational medalist for both the 5 and 10 kilometre on track and road. Um, yeah, that's so far how, yeah, the results. Beautiful. So what are you looking to plan to do um, in your future? You've obviously got sights for green and gold at the Olympics, I'm hoping. Oh, definitely long-term goal. But um, currently I'm looking at the World Race Walking Cup. That's, I think it's near Switzerland. The event is being held. And the next World University Games for the 20-kilometre event. Beautiful. So what started you um, wanting to become a race walker? Um, well, my coach picked me up at Little Athletics in under-12s, I think it was. And she just saw potential in me and took me in and started training me. And I just improved from there. So tell me a bit about your coach. What's she like? Oh, she's the most wonderful woman ever she's put so much effort and time into training me up and yeah just so great for her beautiful are you able to give your little athletics club a shout out where did you start little athletics oh yeah definitely um i'd like to give a shout out to east Elm little athletics club that's where my journey first started with my walking so i'd like to thank them Beautiful. I started myself as a race walker, and I know it's a bunch of fun trying to get on the track to start off, and um, it, it is it is good. Um, so do you have any other plans um, uh, to go into other events, or you just want to stick with your race walking? Because I know a lot of race walkers actually try to run a couple, like uh, they would like to run long distances as well or do that sort of thing. You're just fully race walking? Yeah, no, just fully race walking, but I will do some cross-country runnings just for fun, not yeah. at a high level, just fun events beautiful so what um what do you do with yourself outside of race walking because you can't be doing that all the time no um so currently i'm a first year university student studying hpe teaching and i'm also going to start up cricket so i thought that's something different beautiful you've got a very country tone to your voice do you live uh, in the country 
Yeah, so I live on a property of 44 acres, so I have a little farm out in Bryson. So do you find yourself do you find yourself walking around uh, whilst you're doing that? Oh, I don't race walk, but I do <laughs> a lot of walking around at my place, so yeah. It definitely does build up the legs uh, having that much property. So, um, oh, goodness, yeah. What, do you have any idols that you look up to in the athletic world, or is it mum and dad that you look up to? Who, who's driven you, well, not as well as your coach? Um, well, yeah, definitely my coach, but also my mum has been so supportive. And also, I really look up to Jared Tallon and Dane Bird-Smith. They're definitely idols of mine that I'd like to aspire to be like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so they're definitely the main Have ones. you had the privilege of racing with um, either boys yet? Oh, not quite. I hope one day, definitely yes. But at the moment, no, they're doing the... 20k events and I'm not quite there yet but definitely heading towards that we'll, we'll definitely have to find a um, for, well I, I hope to see that you um, do get to that point um, so you're currently yeah, doing the 5 to 10 um, what's uh, have, you, have you looked into doing that 20k what's the training going to be like if you change it oh, the training will be lots of kilometres and lots mm. of speed sessions like 1k's time I'm probably 15 I'll have to build up to at the moment I'm doing um, oh, 6 times 1k so that'll be a big jump up that sounds right then so um, you've done your Oceana games you just competed yesterday you were telling me that you had a bit of issue on track that's okay Yeah. all the greats do have issues um, hopefully you can bounce back from that um, so yeah, Where's your next? So you've got your World Cup, where I'm um, sorry, your World Racing um, Championships that you're looking to go for. Are you doing anything else contest-wise? Um, so in September, I think it is August, September. There's the Road Walking Nationals, the Winter Road Walking Nationals that I'm definitely looking forward to. I think it is a ten kilometer event. I believe it's and in I'm Adelaide. It, well. Am I correct? Pardon? Am I am I correct in saying that it's in Adelaide? There we go, my hometown. So we'll have to say hello when oh, you get awesome. here. Definitely. No, well, I thank you very much for your time. Um, no, and, yeah, you, you enjoy the rest of your time in Townsville. It's a beautiful place. I've loved seeing the pictures pop up. So, yeah, yeah. enjoy the time there, and we'll chat to you when you uh, have that gold around your neck when you're in the Olympics. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. No, no problem. We'll chat to you soon. Bye. All right. See ya. There we had Alice Randall, an athlete with a very positive future. Now for my third final athlete, Drew Simmons. Drew is a man with an amazing story that I hope you all enjoy hearing. Introducing Drew Simmons. Mate, tell us how you started as an athlete. Um, yeah, it's a funny story because I actually grew up as a uh, sporting family. So um, I was actually a late coming to athletics. So I was, um, I was 16. Um, back in 2010, I took um, a school I was doing one of me... Uh, periods while I was at school and uh, I got called up to the office and um, it was funny they mentioned the Paraly- uh, Paralympic talent search day in Geelong was taking place on a Sunday and I thought I'll show my parents and I thought we'll give this a go and they had a lot of triads uh, stuff like swimming and uh, rowing and athletics and all that sort of stuff and it came down to the beat test and um, did okay out of that and then I met the coach Noah Costa who I'm still um, you're still my coach to this day and then just um, invited me to train on uh, the following Tuesday night and um, 
nine years later, I'm still it. I'm still here. So it's um, that's all it started. So the rest is history. I love it. Beautiful. So you mentioned Paralympics there. Um, do you mind telling us your disability? Uh, yeah, so I've got uh, high functioning autism when I was diagnosed when I was four. Um, so I'm also like T20, so it's intellectual disability. So uh, as a kid growing up, it probably wasn't easy for me because it's not like I was not living like a normal person. So uh, while I was growing up, I think it was probably more a lot more difficult to realise that a lot of people didn't know that I had a disability and. Once I got older and a lot of people started to understand that I, I, was, I was a little bit different like some of the others. So it was, um, I think it, it took me a fair while to, to adjust to it. So it was, um, once everyone understood and made a lot better, um, everything started to go pretty well from there. Well, I always know that different is better anyway, mate. So it's good that you found your little niche there in athletics. Now you're a runner. Um, do you have a favourite run there that you do? You've got your 400s, your 200s. What do you, what's your thing? Um, so yeah, actually, funnily enough, I started doing 1500 when I first started athletics. So I was doing like jogs and that to keep me fit as well. I was playing a lot of other sports as a junior, like a lot of other juniors do. And um, I actually did a lot of uh, cross country runs when I was in high school. So uh, I actually started off as an 800 and 1500 meter runner, and then I had to tr- change to uh, four and eight now because 1500 is starting to get a little bit too hard on my legs. So I kept getting uh, lower leg injuries and and all that sort of stuff, I was getting quite sick of it. So it was, um, I just thought I needed to change things up a little bit. And I think I've been doing it for the last few years, so I'm absolutely loving it and I'm enjoying it, so I know which is great. So, I mean, the way of success, how have you uh, gone in regards to meddling and uh, championship results? Um, yeah, look, it's, uh, I think it's uh, that Victorian championships have performed quite well in AWD events. Um, and no, no, no disrespect to any other sale event. I only been like three or four people that run against me at the AWD championships statewide and national wise. I've been pretty lucky. Um, I've been uh, dual medalist a couple of times. 2016, I dual medaled in the 4 and 800 in Sydney. And then uh, this year, uh, last year in, on the Gold Coast during the Commonwealth Games trials, I did pretty well out of that. And it was a funny story that year because I was 200 metres, I was just doing it for a bit of fun. So it was, I thought I'd give it a go. And then, um, I uh, actually got a bronze medal out of it, and I got two PBs in my space in 90 minutes, which I was absolutely having a moon with. So I was just I was going to go there for a bit of fun, and then actually found out I did okay out of that. And got the four, I got a 400 silver uh, medal, I think, that day. And then um, early this year in Sydney, got uh, a bronze medal in the 800, and, and probably should have got a little bit closer if I didn't get uh, polished at the start. And then at the 400, I was probably a little bit unlucky not to to get a medal, but I still uh, was on my TV range of a 52.7, so it was, um, uh, and national-wise, it, it is a little bit challenging, because there's a bit more different classifications and different competitions, so, but I like the challenge of um, competing at the best of my ability against the best in the, in the, in the, in the, in the uh, in Australia, I should say, so I absolutely love the challenge. So, um, do you mind talking us through the qualification standards and how you um, get qualified to compete in the event that you do? So, yeah, look, I, it goes down in different categories. Um, just for T20, I think for 400, it's like a minute 10 or something like that. And, and I run 52, 53, but I normally tick that box off pretty much first up in the new season anyway. And the 800, I think it's 225 or something like that. So it's, um, and then I do that pretty comfortably anyway. So it is pretty pretty easy to get qualifying-wise, particularly so early on in the season. So you can just sort of take your time, get building up to that 
between April and uh, between October and April, I should say. So it sort of takes a while to, to get yourself into the season once you know what you're doing. And um, and I love that being the challenge. So if you can get it out of the way nice and early, then you can sort of cruise through and then sort of work that way up towards um, towards the peak towards March and April. So it's sort of an even balance as a training load during the, the hot summer months. And it can get quite challenging, but at the same time, it can be quite fun as well. So it's good. So, um, is it easy to get that T twenty uh, sort of? T- I don't want to call it a title, but clar- classification or clarification. Um, do you have to go through a lot to get um, notified as a T twenty athlete, or do they just give give it to you? How does it work? So, um, I first time when I started, uh, I think it was like I think it was. 2011, I think it was, or something. I said, I was the first over pro athletics because uh, growing up in the country was a hell of a lot different. So, on a classification level for T20, sort of like you have to do like all these jigsaw puzzle things in a certain amount of time, and then you just sort of go out uh, and do other things like running stuff as well, and you do that sort of time, and also jumping as well. I did a long jump for one year, and you have to sort of jump at these sort of distances. So, it sometimes can be a little bit daunting when you know what you do, uh, once you know what you're doing and they, they explain to you what to do and all that sort of stuff. So um, sometimes you sort of act, act a little bit, a little bit, uh, yeah. So it was, um, it was just one of those things. Like it can be quite confusing at times, but once you know what that, you know, sometimes it is a day, once you get the classification, the right classification, you're pretty much right on the money. I like it, mate. That sounds good. So you sound like a pretty laid back guy. Um <laughs> Do you what do you do in your de- what do you do in your downtime? You've just told me um, you told me before that there's an ice bath that you're doing or you do yeah or you're cooling down. Is that what you do? You just train, 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 or what? What do you do to you you know calm down and all that sort of stuff? Um, yeah, so during the week normally, but during like during winter pre-season, obviously as you mentioned, and obviously during the season. Um, on a Monday, I normally do train at the track and normally do gym sessions for about a couple of hours. So you sort of get sort of get that strength and conditioning work out of the way and then sort of the Tuesday nights are sort of like sprint work and then indoor pool sessions depends how cool it is and then Wednesday you sort of your harder session during the week because you want to have a really good um, session before the weekend then have a nice cool recovery and then Thursday you sort of do a little bit of long stuff like long run sort of stuff and then Friday you sort of have your rest and then Saturday you have a train or doing competitions and then Sunday you sort of recover so it's a, it's a pretty even balance um, particularly for me in the last couple of years I've sort of got the swing of things a little bit more being more professional now so I'm absolutely loving the challenge of doing a lot of things like a lot of professional athletes are doing which is great so yeah. um, I'm keen to, to push that one for another few years yet I'm still pretty young so it's, um, I'm getting towards my peak of degree now I have to look after my body a little bit more so the more the better for me Now you can't be doing athletics 24-7 is there anything else like studying that you're doing or working what do you do with yourself? Um, funnily enough, I'm a football commentator on radio on a radio station in Carlac, which is not far from where I used to live. So I was gro- I started. I've been doing. I used to call the footy and all that on the microphone. Well, at the local footy club back when I was a little little boy, and um, and then instead, all started for me when I was 2008. I get asked this a lot because um, of how I started and all that sort of stuff. Um, my brother was actually why I started playing senior footy at uh, Cobden when he was 16 and I was only 14 and my um, grandmother was one of the, 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 the radio that were doing the, uh, the, the game I think was Cobden and Triangle Lake which is another local footy club which is not far from where we used to live. Um, it was a funny story because 
um, my grandmother got interviewed by the commentators before the game, so it was um, it was a, a very very daunting day. And then she she mentioned me. Then one of the commentators came to me and asked, I said, you want to come on for about for the last quarter? And I said, I'd love to do it. And then I get in te- I text my father who was in hospital with my brother, um, and I said, I'm going to be on the radio for the last quarter. And I reckon mum and dad were, were just jumping up and down. They couldn't believe what was going on. They had to look. I didn't know what to do because they even listen to me or look after my brother. He was having a broken collarbone in hospital. So, um, you know, it, and then all start, it all started from there and I'm still doing it now. And then so I'm loving it now and um, I'm loving it forever before, which is great. That's amazing, mate. I, I, I like that story. I'm in radio myself, actually, and it, it is a good thing to do. Um, what you're doing there? Uh, do you want to give it a yeah. shout? Do you want to give the radio sh- um, station a shout out? Yeah, absolutely. So it's on Mix FM in Carlisle, um, 106.3, uh, which I'm doing uh, for a different league now because the league um, did used to cover the the, the radio station. I should say used to cover to not do it anymore. They're retired now, so uh, I couldn't be thanked for the start. Start now. We do like. That's, that's amazing, mate. Um, look, you took the words out of my mouth pretty much. I criticise pretty much everything I do as well. So um, I think that's what makes us uh, better as people. Like It's yeah, it's good. Um, do you have... So you obviously have your things in front of you when you're doing it, but do you do, mainly do everything on the fly? Yeah, absolutely. I just sort of get to go like, just sort of like go study the players and make the team and just sort of work your way down. Um, and then when you're sort of like, once you know who you are, because I know I was So how do you compare a uh, calling a footy game compared to calling a race? Uh, not calling a race, running a race. Um, yeah, look, it's, yeah, it's a good question. I, just, I think it's probably more 
like I think for athletics, you sort of have to prepare for like training like every day for it. It's sort of like you're still doing running every single day, doing the same lot of stuff. You know what you're doing and, and all that sort of stuff. But calling a footy on a Saturday while the study during the week is probably not as much. Um, depends who's playing and depends. I think it's probably more running. That's probably more everyday activity pretty much, except doing like competitions during one day a week, but in the footy, it's more like one game every week, so and there's all five games that are on a Saturday, and we only get to one out of it, so it's sort of, yeah, it's a hard one to answer that really, because sort of like running's probably more everyday activity, well for footy, it's probably only one game at a time, so it's probably more, probably more a professional sense, but at the same time, you get a lot more joy out of them both. I love that answer, mate. Well done on it. Before you go, I've got one more question for you, and that is what words of advice would you offer um, to up-and-coming athletes and up-and-coming commentators as well, like people that are trying to make it that extra step in whatever they're doing in life, whether it be work or, um, or whether it be stepping into a new sport. What would you say to them? I'd just say just go ahead and take it. Like, I think you've got to enjoy every day, every, whatever it comes. Like, if you want to go have a go at it, we don't have a go at it. Like, just enjoy what you do. Um, if it's like go for a run and love what you do every day, you love uh, competing, make friends or whatever, just enjoy what, what comes along. Um, as a commentator, be, just be yourself. Um, just sort of do what you do while the commentator home in front of the TV well, on a Friday night for calling AFL games and get ready for the Saturday. Just make sure, just, just make sure you enjoy whatever comes along because life is, is very short and just sort of like get the feel for what's going on and just enjoy whatever comes along like I said so just be yourself have fun and that's all that matters if you you win if you win during the race it's great if you lose well don't worry about it you move on simple as that so I'm I'm a pretty pretty big into sport as I already can tell so it's um, just like I said enjoy whatever comes along because it's not going to happen. It's not going to. It's going to come around pretty quickly, and then whatever comes around comes around. That's uh, yeah, mate. I don't know if you get told this very often, but I'm finding you quite inspirational. Um, for you to have uh, what you started off with as a child, and then to come through and achieve what you're doing now, um, it's just amazing. And I wish you the best of luck with your future uh, and whatever comes your way. So thank you very much for joining me on 2020 Vision. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks for having me. No, no problem. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Th- thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. A very inspiring story from Drew there. I hope you enjoyed that, and as well as my chats with Alice and John. Thank you for joining me on episode 9 of 2020 Vision. I hope you can join me next week. Who knows who we're going to get. Thank you for listening to another episode of 2020 Vision. If you want to find us elsewhere, go to Podbean, YouTube or Spotify and type in 2020 Vision. You can also find us on Facebook. Thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you again next week.